welcome to Didn't See It Coming, the podcast about brands that learn from the past, look to the future, and profit today. I'm your host, Mark Stoiber. Hello, Park. How are you? Mark, I am doing great. Thanks so much. And uh, I made the big mistake once of talking to someone from, from Vancouver and saying, how is the beautiful Pacific Northwest? And they corrected me. They say the beautiful Pacific Southwest in Canada is wonderful. <laughs> So I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to hold you on that. I'm not going to hold you on that. No, you're, you're way too cool a guy for that. I, I wanted to bring you on because I got my, my greasy little fingers on brand bewitchery, which is your latest book. And I want to have you on the show right away. We've known each other for a million years. And um, I, I think that this is a super, super helpful book. Uh, you and I have a few things in common. We've both been working the brand game for a really, really long time. Uh, so you've come up through the ranks. You've, you've, you know all the rules, you know, on, on brand fundamentals. Um, and you've also, uh, you also threw your lot in with the whole green crowd. So values-based, purpose-based, that is very much your gig. And that's actually how we first got to know each other. I think it was at Sustainable Brands in uh, Monterey or something. Abs- Boy, you have a good memory. Yeah, that yeah. was exactly right. Yeah, I don't remember what I had for breakfast. It's the first sign of dementia, you know. <laughs> <laughs> You remember everything about what happened in Monterey at Sustainable Brands. But um, yeah, so we have a lot of stuff in common. But what the reason I wanted to bring you on was brand bewitchery. And more specifically, um, you have thrown your lot in with storytelling for brands 100%. And I think that that is a, still a huge question mark for people because everybody talks story. Nobody does story and nobody does a good job of story. And, and a lot of people still go storytelling. That sounds like the wizard at the market, you know, who sits the children down. And is that even legit? So I want to talk about one, uh, you're veering into the dark side and full force on story. What, what preempted that? Yeah, uh, well, I can tell you it started back in 2006. Mark, I had been running my agency for just over 10 years at that time. It was a typical branding agency, traditional marketing, whatever. And I woke up one day and I realized that our shit wasn't working anymore. Our ads weren't working. Uh, we would go in to do our old fashioned way of branding. And it felt, it felt like we were cheating the client. I said, I'm missing something here. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it is. And I, I know what was causing it. The internet, uh, e-commerce, blogs starting to take over. And as I often say in my presentations, you know, it was way easier to run an agency when we had traditional media and no Yelp, mm-hmm. where brands used to own the influence of mass media. But now the masses at that time were becoming the media. And of course, today in 2020, they are the media and they own your story. Mm-hmm. And I went in search of an answer. I had no idea what the answer. I didn't know. Mm-hmm. How could we make our work in both brand strategy development and advertising more powerful. So I literally launched into a quest in 2006 to figure that out. Yeah. Now you, was that around the same time when you launched your podcast or was podcast came later, wasn't it? Podcast came later. It's um, will be five years old in July, July 1st. Uh, We have 260 episodes in there now, and I'm happy to say it's ranked among the top 10% of downloaded podcasts in the world for listenership. So we worked hard. I I heard your first one, I think. 
<laughs> yeah. yeah, every single week for five years, every Monday, I've featured a new story artist from around the world to talk about it. And Mark, it was as much for me to understand story by being able to talk to the brilliant minds in it, people that have been doing it for a long time, like yeah. the Michael Margolises of the world and the Sean Callahans of the world. You know, these are the people that had been doing story long before me, and they're the ones um, that I learned from. And, and why story? You know, people think, oh, it's a gimmick. It doesn't really work or whatever. But let me pose this question to you. If you read uh, the book Sapiens, fabulous mm -hmm. yeah. book, you know, he goes in length about how we homo sapiens are the only beings that think in story. And in fact, it's probably how we overthrew the Neanderthal and became mm -hmm. the most aggressive invasive species ever because you and I can think in story, think in fiction, think about mm -hmm. what does tomorrow look like that we could both live into total fiction until it happens. That's mm -hmm. what has made us, you know, who we are today. Um, and so the argument is, if stories are what make us uniquely human, why would you not use stories to humanize your brand? You know, it's funny because uh, the, we've also been conditioned to think that stories are like the wizard at the, at the farmer's market uh, because it's, it, it doesn't feel quantifiable. You know, I, I do this all the time with clients where they just, they just they front end load with features and benefits because they think it's supposed to be sort of like a tally sheet. Uh, we've become customized to sort of the rationalization and everything has to have a check and balance and it has to be rational. And story is, is this weird, wacky, woolly thing that it's hard to figure out what the, where's the selling points anyway? I, I don't get it. You know, it's not, it's not hard and cold. And so I think it's been pushed off to the side as kind of flaky. And uh, we, we did the, the most terrible work in advertising, just slamming the authority of features and benefits for so long. Yeah. Well, when was the last time you bought anything because of its data? Yeah, never. Nobody never. ever has ever. Yeah. You know. When was the last time you were bored into buying anything? Yeah. But that's the funny thing because that's the one side of the, that's the one side of the telescope, which is the customer. But it was funny. It's almost like, um, you know, the art kind of, it was always been a battle in marketing between art and science. The, the science, the, you know, the, the German researcher on Mad Men who comes in and says 49.2% believe that, you know, smoking is bad for you. Um, and, and they, they break into the party, like dad coming into your kegger and, uh, and so then they, then they load up, this is all the things that you have to say and the magic goes away. And, and then on the opposite end of the telescope, the people that are purporting to study aren't buying any of it. Mm -hmm. You know, what's funny though, is, um, it's like when we got into green, I remember there were, do you remember this, 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 it's a funny anecdote. It's like, if I had a nickel for every study that said people given the choice would buy green and they never did. Right. And, and it's just like, where'd you get these studies from? Is like, this is a candy ball machine or something like that. They're not emotionally connected to it. No, they're not emotionally connected. They just, well, you have to buy it because it's the right thing to do, but yeah. people don't buy the right thing. No, they don't. They don't. And I, it, you know, I taught at Arizona State University for five years as an adjunct professor in their School of Sustainability, and it was an executive master's program. So I got the opportunity of working with executives around the world with companies like American Express and Philips Electronics mm -hmm. and KLM and, and Cummins. And I told them the same thing. I said, don't ever use the word sustainability because nobody cares. Show them how these sustainable actions by don't telling them that they're sustainable mm -hmm. actions, show them how it's going to grow the bottom line. It's going to reduce risk and it's going to amp amplify the brand. 
oh, and by the way, saving our asses is just added value. Mm -hmm. So don't worry about that. Show them all the benefits of it and get them to care about that because what do executives emotionally care about? Looking smart, mm -hmm. making the right decisions, demonstrated through bottom line by attracting and retaining the top talent. It's all of these things that they are buying into. They're not buying green and they're not buying sustainability. If you can demonstrate actions that are green and sustainable that get them all that other emotional mm -hmm. stuff, then you win. Mm -hmm. Green and sustainability comes along for the ride. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's funny, hey? And what's also interesting was, um, when you taught, that wasn't just that wasn't just an MBA. That was that was executive MBA. So these are people who were out in the world and they came yeah, back. Yeah, exactly. No, yeah, we had we had students, twenty six year olds to sixty year olds, sixty four year olds, and they are captains of industry to grad students and everyone in between. It was a fascinating group of people. I was. We could go a whole other. We yeah. could go a yeah. whole other show when we talk about like sixty five <laughs> year olds talking about sustainability versus twenty seven year olds. I'm sure it was a study. Was there was there a big difference? Was there a no, they, they were all driven by the same thing, is they wanted to leave a legacy in a career. Mm -hmm. It's really, they said, oh, mostly, I want to stand for something. I don't mm -hmm. want just another freaking job. A lot of our, our students were very accomplished C-suite executives. And they said, you know what? I don't want to be in supply chain anymore unless I can have a significant impact in a sustainable way on it. I don't want to be in finance anymore unless I can use my talents to make a significant impact in a social sustainable way. So these were people that really cared about making an impact and they knew they were smart that if they were purpose driven in that way, that they would have stellar careers. And many of them have now gone on to be captains of industry because of their, their focus and their attention on sustainability and understanding how to communicate around it. Well, it's funny because, you know, I, I, I use this all the time. I talk about interface carpets and oh, yeah. uh, where the, the, the boss came to the come to Jesus moment and he decided to convert his company. Turns out it's a whole tough road to hoe because it wasn't as easy to go green back in those days as it is today. Uh, but what we've seen again and again with companies like interface, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, is that if you put the green filter on everything and you use it as a way of innovating, uh, having a company that is purpose driven and, and green driven, they tend to perform better, not necessarily because they're green, but because they think different. They think in terms of innovation and new ways, as opposed to legacy, mm -hmm. you know? Absolutely. But now we're getting distracted. I want to, I want to get back onto brand <laughs> bewitchery. What really stoked me about the book when I started reading the book was that um, I've worked with a hero's journey for a long time. And when I, when I do my workshops and my instruction on how to write a good speech, it's part of it, you know, as, as you got the story flow, but then you've got these loops where you can build in, you know, the hero's journey stories. Um, and I also do it with brands, you know, talking about origin story, something you talk a lot about the, the customer story, the origin story, the venture story, the market story, but they're, it's a bitch, man. Um, it, it, it's it, like you think got all these stages in there and you try to explain these stages to a bunch of students when you're standing on stage and uh, you go, oh, geez, I don't even know what this means. You know, at what point does R2-D2 do the, you know, like where, when Luke has the lightsaber, is that the mentor? Is Obi-Wan Kenobi the mentor? What's the lightsaber? You know, and <laughs> it's really hard to figure out for a brand how to fit the hero's journey. And so this is something you experience too. 
Yeah. You know, when I mentioned back in 2006, I went on my quest to figure out what the hell do I need to know? I didn't even know where to begin, but I was lucky because our middle child, our son Parker, was going to film school at Chapman mm-hmm. University at the time in Orange, California, have a wonderful film program there. He's graduated, graduated in 2010, thank God. And he's been in Hollywood ever since. He is directing. In fact, he's about ready to launch. You know, I just got off the phone with him prior to this. Um, get this, a real-time Dungeons and Dragon virtual reality TV show on Twitch, where they what? have these influencers, these Twitch and online influencers, and a Dungeon Dragon master. They shoot it real time, and they've created all of these motion graphics to go along with whatever scenario plays out in the story depending on what the, the people choose to do. None of it's rehearsed other than you've got the dungeon master taking them through and they are going to launch this in July and he's just in the throes of doing that. So crazy stuff, but all about storytelling. And when he was going to Chapman, I said, dude, I, I, I want to know what they're teaching you. So when you're done with your books, since I'm paying for them, send mm-hmm. them to me. And so I essentially for four years got a virtual film school education because Parker not only sent me his books, he sent, sent me recorded instruction, speakers, and the whole thing. And it was then that I was introduced to the hero's journey. I'd kind of known about it before, but mm-hmm. that's when I first dove into it. And Mark, I had an absolute aha moment. Um, a hero with a thousand faces, Joseph Campbell's book, mm-hmm. which I couldn't read because it's just like, Bleh. I know. I got enough through it that it's I like Stephen Hawking's reading. A Brief History of Time, right? The most bought, least read oh. book of all time. Oh, yeah. It's, it's, yeah, I, I couldn't make heads or tails of it, but it got me interested enough to you know, figure out what the hell the hero's journey was. When I saw it, it immediately hit me and I thought, shit, if Hollywood's using this and stories dating back to Gilgamesh are based on this, this is obviously a primal, fundamental archetype for mm-hmm. storytelling that our brains, it's a software. It's basically mm-hmm. a software program that we homo sapiens use to make sense of the madness of being human beings. Mm-hmm. We do it through this story structure. And depending on who you believe, Campbell's is 12 to 17 steps. And you're right, there's a lot of nuance in it. And I'm going, I wonder if I could map that to business, but put it in a business vernacular. And mm-hmm. that's what I did is I boiled it down to the 10 steps of what I call the story cycle system. And I started applying it and I couldn't believe it was like a science project. I tried Mm -hmm. it just to see if it would work. The very first brand I tried it on, Adelante Healthcare, has grown by 600%. And Avin Sati Tafoya, who is the CEO at the time, who just left there about a year ago onto other things, will tell you it was primarily or precisely because they got their story pulled together using this system. And that's when I knew I'm like, I'm onto something here. Mm -hmm. Um, But all I do is use the story cycle system, basically uh, like a screenplay. Mm -hmm. And it asks you 10 critical questions and 10 critical chapters that is based on the hero's journey. And it makes you think of your audience first and foremost, what journey are they on? And how do you play the role as mentor or guide to help them get what they want out of life? Let's go back to the healthcare company. That's uh, that's the natural um, allergy care company, isn't it? No, no, that's a that's another brand that we launched just a couple of years ago. This uh, it was Clinica Adelante. This is back in two thousand and eight. So okay. they literally were my first test subject on it. They at that time had been around for thirty three years, a free, federally subsidized community health center 
that was about to go out of business for a lot of different reasons. And they brought in um, Avin Sate Tafoya out of California to resurrect it. And she then contacted me. I can't even remember how she found out about us and said, would you help me figure out I need to rebrand? And I said, well, would you be open to this process that I'm developing? And she was so cool. She goes, absolutely, let's go for it. Mm -hmm. And I took them through it. Um, we renamed it from Clinica Adelante to Adelante Healthcare, Sustainable Healthcare, mm -hmm. um, so that we could give a nod to the legacy of sustaining healthcare for all, regardless of your ability to pay. Mm -hmm. The second leg of that stool was sustaining the individual's healthcare by making them using more preventive measures and diet and exercise and starting you know, farmer's gardens with storytelling wizards in them and that kind of thing. Um, and the third one was greening their operations and becoming a way more sustainable. And this is before this was a big thing in healthcare. And so she did all that. She went from four clinics to 12 clinics. Six of them are now LEED certified, and she operates the one and only LEED Platinum Certified uh, Clinic in the country. That's how powerful this took. And she said, Park, we got to the point we didn't even have to advertise or do PR or anything because we had too much business. And she talk, grew talk, talk to me, talk, for the cynics in the audience, you go 600%, that's a big number. Yeah. Storytelling, how does that get to 600%? What, what did but, they do with it? Because it's how you utilize it that makes all the difference, right? Well, they were no longer having people just buying into, we're a community health center and we do really nice things for a lot of nice people. That's not a narrative. That's just that. That's what you were talking about earlier, features and functions. They, we, with our help, created a narrative for Adelante Healthcare of sustainable healthcare for all based on these three pillars I just mentioned. Mm -hmm. And then they would go back and backfill that with true stories about real people that actually helped to prop up the brand. So no longer are they out there just, you know, spewing features and functions and, and mm -hmm. benefits, but mm -hmm. they're talking about their actual real world impact. And that's what people look for today, especially in an age when trust is at a minimum. You know, mm -hmm. nobody trusts anybody, especially big brands anymore. And the thing about storytelling is it conveys a truth, whether you like that truth or not, it conveys a truth. And when you do, you create the trust. And so what they did essentially, they, they, they grew because what happened is they could, they could have people telling the story of this place to other people, which is the ultimate viral platform. And they, right? and they attracted all the right talent. Some people left, yeah. thought it was too woo-woo. This isn't for me. Some doctors left. I don't know what this bullshit is. I'm not going to do mm -hmm. this but they attracted others that said, I totally get what you're about. I wanna be about the sustainable healthcare movement. I'm all in. They attracted a, 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 their employees and their staff. Mm -hmm. Patients didn't really necessarily care because patients were like, I just want someone to care for me. Yeah. I want good healthcare, whether I can pay or not. And they even started attracting insured patients. So think about that for a second, Mark. Would you ever stop seeing your general practice a physician with your family and go to a free healthcare center that's still going to take your money, would you think you would get quality healthcare from that versus your typical paid insurance? And yours is socialized medicine, so it might be a little yeah. bit different down here. Yeah, but I, that I'm, story attracted those people. Yeah, so they actually had to jump over a hurdle just to just to get to just to get to somebody helping them, and they and they still bought it. And that's the power of it. And that's, that's why we put Clinica out of their name because we felt it was too ethnic if you were going to attract the Anglo in. 
-hmm. But we kept Adelante because in in, uh, Spanish, Adelante means advancing, moving Mm -hmm. forward, looking ahead. So we just boiled it down to Adelante Sustainable Healthcare. And that helped open up that message for, you know, it it reframed the narrative for them from free Hispanic, you know, healthcare to sustainable healthcare for all. I love it. Let's get to to brand bewitchery. Walk me through the steps. And you know what I love about the hero's journey? When I explain it to people, the lights go on and they go, wow, like every TV show that I watch now, if it's a good TV show, every movie. I can, I can track along, but what's funny about it is that when you actually get that level of understanding, you don't go, Oh, I know where this movie's going. We keep watching the same movie over and over and over again (laughs) with different characters, but we love it. Even though we know how it's going to end, the the Hobbit's not going to die because the movie's only a quarter of the way in. So, you know, we know that this is going to happen. So I'd love to hear, I'd love to hear sort of the, the, the steps of the, the brand bewitchery um, hero's journey and then maybe get into how that applies to like different brands. Absolutely. So when you look at Joseph Campbell's hero's journey, it's a circle. Your hero starts in an ordinary world, goes on an adventure, learns something, returns back to his ordinary world, and he's leveled up and therefore is going to level up the people around him. That's essentially the hero's journey. What I did is I made it instead of a circle, a spiral. You yeah, start right from in the middle. Into, uh, Because as a brand, you want to keep telling a story and every revolution of that storytelling, you are growing your customer base or engaging that customer for lifelong customers and handing. So it's people are now calling it. I like this, the spiral narrative, because Mm -hmm. it is meant to expand. And instead of all those other steps, I boiled it down to the 10 steps. And I can just, I can just rattle those off very quickly for you. Step number one, right in the middle of the spiral is the backstory. And now let's just think about your customer first and foremost. You're the brand, but I'm gonna put the customer in your head. I want you to think of who your number one customer is, and in the backstory place, I want you to say, what's the problem they're solving for? So just write that out, whatever the problem Mm -hmm. is that you solve for that customer. Step number two is the hero. That's your customer. Now I want you to describe that customer. Step number three is stakes. Every story has to have a stake. It's something that is motivating the hero to move forward. What's at stake for your customer to buy from you? What is it that they want out of their life? And I break that stakes area down into two things, wishes and wants. Mm -hmm. Wishes are the emotional thing that they actually are buying. Mm -hmm. The want is what they physically buy from you in order to fulfill the wish. And I make a great point, I believe, or I, I should say, I make a, a point that is powerful to me in Brand Bewitchery that every brand is in the wish-fulfilling business. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, because, I mean, there's, it's, especially nowadays, everything's already been invented. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can commoditize any sort of thing, whether it's a Band-Aid that you put on or a, a drink that you drink. I mean, there's a million things that can satisfy the wants. Yeah, exactly right. So like Apple, I'm on an Apple right now. Why the hell would I pay a premium for a commoditized product like a laptop like Apple? Because I wish to express my creativity, my iconoclast, iconoclast. I want to think differently and prove that to the world. So I'm willing, what I want is their expensive products to fulfill my wish to be that dude. Yeah. Just that simple. All right. Yeah. Gotcha. So then you get on. Now, hold on. Let me just, let me, I'm a, I'm a chronic okay. interrupter. What yeah. you've described in the first few stages is a creative brief. Mm-hmm. You know, the backstory, the problem they have, who they are, 
the, their needs and, and wishes. That's kind of like the opening stages of a creative brief. Absolutely it is. But, but and, you're, you're looking at it from a different perspective now. You're not hmm. looking at it like a logical, rational, I want to look smart, creative type. You're now thinking in story. You almost hmm. don't give a shit about how smart you look. It's like, emotionally, what the hell's really going on here? I'm kind of curious. Mm-hmm. Now you become more of an investigator than someone, than an instigator, than someone just trying to come up with a creative whiz-bang thing. It, there's something about it. It shifts your brain into narrative, which is a different way to see the world and think about the world than our, what we're taught in our logical, rational brain. Mm-hmm. So there's definitely logic to it, but all I'm trying to do is get you shift over into your emotional narrative brain. Mm-hmm. I gotcha. All right. All right. Keep going, man. Keep going. Backstory. Now, oh, does this states. actually correlate? Does this correlate at all with the stages of oh, the known sure. world, the unknown world? Because I sense a, a bit the the needs and wants. Is that the sort of thing well, that we're still in the, the ordinary world, right? Oh, so we're right still in the ordinary still world. Right. The backstory is let's just set the stage. Right. If you were applying this to your brand, the backstory is what's your brand's position statement? What is mm-hmm. the number one thing you do in the business world that is different and distinctive than your competition that makes you stand out? That's the most logical thing I'm going to ask you in that. Mm-hmm. Step number two is identify your three audiences, your top three audiences, and yeah. prioritize them. Step number three is what's at stake, not only for your brand, but what's also at stake for your customers. So we're in the ordinary world. We're simply setting the stage for what happens in step four, and that's when you leave the ordinary world, or as, uh, as uh, uh, Campbell would say, you're called to adventure, mm-hmm. I call it disruption, mm-hmm. is all right, what has happened in the marketplace is about to happen in the marketplace, or you are instigating in the marketplace to turn your customer's world upside down. Mm-hmm. So now we're moving them into the bizarro world, the mm-hmm. extraordinary world, as Campbell would when he, in his hero's journey, the call to adventure is, okay, you gotta, you gotta, you know, get out of your ordinary world and get in this madness of this crazy world. Yeah, this is, I mean, for folks who don't do a lot of the storytelling stuff, aren't up on Joseph Campbell, the ordinary world is where Luke Skywalker was on the desert planet with his uncle and aunt. And even though he wanted to do an adventure, he didn't really want to do an adventure. Finally, the stormtroopers torch his uncle and aunt. He's got nowhere to go. He has to jump off the planet with Obi Wan Kenobi, and then that's, exactly that's right. where the adventure starts. And that's where the that's where that's where that's where the that's movie starts. Yeah, Dorothy, she's in her yeah. ordinary world in Kansas. Isn't it interesting that they're both in like like crummy little farm communities yeah. until they get whisked away. The tornado turns yeah. the world upside down. She lands in the you know Oz. It's the exact same damn story going yeah. on. Yeah. So that's all we're doing in branding is thinking like that. So how would Spielberg tell your story? So disruption, what's happening in the marketplace that you can be there to respond to? Mm-hmm. Now, disruption isn't just enough. We now have to introduce the villains, fog, and crevasses in the story. Let's heighten the story tension in your customer's world. So for your brand, if you're thinking about it from your brand standpoint, what are your, who are your villains? Who, who's competition that is siphoning away your customers? What are your internal villains of fear and dysfunction? Mm-hmm. Your people aren't pulling in the same direction. Mm-hmm. Next one in this section is fog. What are your blind spots? What are your customers' blind spots? And how can you clear that up for them? And then the last, the last part of that in, the, um, in this section is crevasses performance mm-hmm. gaps. What are they trying to overcome? What are their barriers, barriers to entry? And these are hugely important as you read in uh, the brand bewitchery, because when you embrace these obstacles and antagonists in your audience's life, let them know that you feel those too, 
and therefore you are uniquely positioned to help them overcome mm -hmm. it, it builds humanity for your brand. You're mm -hmm. not selling with features and functions. You're selling with understanding and empathy. And you can use those in jujitsu moves of branding and mm -hmm. play off of those antagonistic forces and actually put them to work for you. Keep going. So now, Keep now, going, man. We're getting, we're we're getting into the, the adventure world. And yeah. this is where the brand shows up. This is in chapter six of the story cycle system or the spiral narrative, the mentor. So now it's for you to do some look, deep look into your own brand. And I first ask, you know, what is your emotional promise? What do you promise that your audiences will feel and get intrinsically from working with you? What is the gift? And, and your gift is not about what you make, but what you make happen in people's lives. This goes, harkens back to their wish. I'm trying to get people out of the features and functions and thinking about what do you make happen in people's lives? And then finally, they get to go on an exploration of their personality using Young's archetypes. Here are the 12 primary character archetypes, which one best represents your brand. And then there's one or two supporting archetypes that usually come along. But this is important, Mark, because you use these personalities mm -hmm. to, for the look, the feel, the, the expression, the user interface mm -hmm. with your brand. And so that you show up as a, a, a human, <laughs> you show mm -hmm. up with a personality. And consistent, right? to. And with consistency. Yeah. You know, yeah, you that, talk about that. You talk about the, the, the brand emotion, the brand truth, uh, the brand look and the feel. That's all. It all comes down to the same thing, right? So your brand doesn't show up schizophrenic. And if yeah. it comes across as a friendly brand, then it stays friendly. It doesn't suddenly turn on you. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah you totally know, you don't want to, you don't want a Sybil brand that shows up with 12 different personalities because you yeah. freak everybody out, you know? Exactly. So where'd um, you go from there? Well, okay. So now, now your two worlds have really come together because yeah. you've identified your audience and what's at stake for them and what they're up against and how you are there uniquely to deliver on it. And then you move into stage seven, the journey. What does that customer experience now look like with you? You are off, you're on the yellow brick road now. And, and now, but by, by now we've introduced the brand. So it, uh, the customer isn't walking along this journey themselves. They're walking along with your, well, with but, your brand or have they met the brand yet? Different ways, different ways. So I break it down to three different ways. And this is why this is, is an expanding spiral of story. So you first come across a brand, that's brand awareness. So what stories are you telling them? How do they interact? What do you give them, you know, in that first experience? So they're like, oh, there's some trust here I'm building. This is pretty cool. That's the first revolution of the story cycle system. The next revolution then is brand adoption. I'm going to buy from you, Mark. You know, I'm going to check this out. I'm actually going to invite you into my life by buying what you have to offer. How do you deliver there? What does that story feel like? What does that experience feel like with them? Because you want to move them then into the third revolution, the story cycle system, which is brand appreciation. That's when they re re come back for repeat business and they start really sharing your story with loyalty and advocacy, right? The customer journey. Word of mouth marketing. Yeah. yeah. So it goes, so it depends on where your audience is at the time you're telling their story, brand awareness, brand adoption, or brand appreciation will guide you on what stories to tell. Very interesting. Uh, you know, it's, I find it comforting that at my age, I can still feel like such a dumbass because, you know, what you've just basically done is, is taken a, a creative brief, but put a very interesting, very hooky spin on it where you go, I see how this is already translating into creativity as opposed to just briefing me on the cold, hard stuff. Right. It's putting it into context in a way that I can see how it works. So talk to me, like, give me, give me a, a brand story 
it, that would that would lean on on the 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 spiral that where you go you know this kind of lines up because you know you watch star wars you go it's the hero's journey you watch wizard of oz it's the hero's journey you can totally <laughs> track with that are there brands yeah. where you go this look at this one this one really tracks well you know airbnb right there yeah. that's that's probably my favorite call on it because they are one of the best storytelling brands going and think about it every time you book through airbnb you are experiencing a hero's journey you are leaving your ordinary world to go mm -hmm. to some hopefully extraordinary place mm -hmm. that there are no promises that it's going to be good or great or fun or anything but you're out there and you then go and explore and you deal with all the demons and all the mm -hmm. uh the sentries of of, of getting through the airport and mm -hmm. not being able to talk the language and all that stuff. And you have this grand adventure only to return back home to your ordinary world, completely leveled up by the experience, whether it was a good experience or bad experience, you are now a different person with new stories that you can share with your friends and family and loved ones. Um, I don't know that there's a better example of the hero's journey. In well, there's also Airbnb. The, where Airbnb comes into it. it, it it's almost like um, you arrive in wherever it is, Istanbul, and you, the crazy, the fog, the fear, the villains, the airport, the currency exchange, the people stealing from you, whatever the case may be. Yeah. But then you get to the Airbnb and it's a friendly face, your local mentor, your local guide also a place of safe refuge. So back to the hero's journey, they, it's almost like they're there looking out for you and they're teaching you things to make you a better hero, right? Yeah, exactly right. And it begins with first, the mentor or guide of Airbnb of going online and trusting them and that they're mm -hmm. gonna get you in that place and you can you know, talk to them throughout the whole thing. And then yes, when you show up, that host becomes an extension of the brand and they become yet another threshold guardian in, mm -hmm. in, in vernacular, narrative vernacular, to introduce you to the world. And here's what, and here's a map, and you might think about this and go mm -hmm. on this quest. I mean, it's a beautiful example of it. Now, you could say Nike. Nike sends everybody on a hero's journey and says, just do it. That's their call mm -hmm. adventure. Your ordinary world, get your lazy ass off the couch. Well, hold on a minute. They even go, they even go, the new stuff, which is so great, it's uh, find your greatness, right? Yeah. The whole, yeah. you've got, you've already got the greatness baked inside you. You've just got to go on a hard quest to discover it. Like the, the little fat kid who was jogging, that amazing commercial Isn't where he's awesome? jogging, jogging. And it's just like, you know, this kid is killing himself trying to get in shape. And you're going, if he can do it, then I can do it. You know, isn't that the premise of both Star Wars and the Wizard of Oz? Well, that's the premise of every great story. You, you yeah. read yourself into the role of Luke Skywalker or Leia or Han Solo or whoever, you know, they're leveling them up internally. Yeah. Stories are just a metaphor for what the hell's going on inside of us. That's all it is. Yeah. So that's why we love them, right? Because I mean, we, we can read, we can, we can make sense of the craziness and the, 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 uh, uh the impromptu nature or yeah. the, the nonsensical nature of life by reading into a story and going, ah. Now, now in, the, in the story cycle system in chapter seven, there's a really interesting uh, exercise in that, Mark, where what I asked the audience to do or the person going through this for their brand is I said, I want you to come up with nine words. And they're going to be in these three categories. Category number one is give me three words that define your organization. Your, your, your brand, your company, mm -hmm. you know, the entity. Category number two is your offering. Give me three words that define your offering. And then the third one is give me three words that define your outcome. 
So you get your team together and everybody writes down their own words and they go and they put it up on a whiteboard. And then you have this really wonderful conversation. Your job is to sort through and land on these nine words. Now that you got these nine words, you ask everybody in the room to go out, pick three of these words. I don't care which words they are, just take them and go and find a story about the real world impact that we've made that is represented in that word. That word becomes the theme for a story. And so they go out and they find all the, this great content, these real world stories about real people and the impact they've had. And it does two things for them. It not only supports their overall brand narrative where they've arrived at, but it starts building this unbelievable content that they can be using for inbound, outbound marketing. And all they're doing is getting out of just looking fabulous on TV with some creative ad to actually telling their stories through the way people have experienced the brand and what it's meant in their life. You know, it's funny because um, I, I just had a conversation earlier today about uh, the craziness uh, of, of uh, the modern creative director's job, which, you know, you, you've got in one day, instead of coming up, dreaming up a, a print ad that's going to go with a TV ad, uh, and you only do a few of those a year and you can really sweat over them and stuff. What you got to do, you got to put out 20 tweets. You got to put out some Facebook posts. You got to put out banner ads. It's, it's, they've become sweatshops, you know, and you lose the sense of craft and, um, oh yeah, what I was talking about was the brand world, creating a world around your brand as opposed to just creating an ad and how, if you step back and create a world that you know, there's a, a commercial out now for baby bell where it's, the, the little cheese is fighting the nasty food in a sort of a movie trailer for post-COVID reality. And you, you can see how this could keep going and going and going because they turned it into a bloody story. But uh, creative directors will say, I can't do that. I got to write. I'm still 400 tweets behind. And, <laughs> and you go, but if you actually pull back and develop this thing, it'll make those tweets make so much more sense and, and enable you to have more fun with them and you'll turn them all into plot twists as opposed to saying, and we offer this and we offer that. Yeah. So do you find that, do you find that brands that have invested in this sort of thing have a whole lot more fun with uh, their marketing and they see the marketing as more integral as opposed to just some way of, they got to throw something out and see if it sticks. Yeah. W without a doubt, because they are telling true stories about themselves mm -hmm. and they can find just great fun and excitement in those stories and think about it. Mark, say you're a customer of mine and we've had great success. And I say, Mark, I want to get you on a Zoom session. I want you to tell me your story in two minutes. Boom. I did this. I was looking for this, but this was the problem. Then you guys came along and I did this. And now I got this. I never thought I'd have this. And I am so happy to have it right now. With that one Zoom session, that one piece of content, I can build 10 pieces of content out of mm -hmm. that. And it all it pays honor to the story. I can create a video that I can share online. I can transcribe it and create a blog post out of it. I can do poll quotes from it. I can put it into presentations. It can spawn other Instagram stories to go along and with it's, it. And it's consistent, right? Because it's and got it's a absolutely central, consistent. it's got a central, it's got like almost like a central stake around it, which everything yeah. else revolves. So you know when you're on track and when you're off track. Well, think of Toy Story. You know, they're the first ones that really, really monetize a movie. And they made all their money on all the dolls and all the other things that go around it. That's all you're doing here. Your mm -hmm. movie is that two-minute piece of content that is honest, true, and, 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 and it supports your brand. And then you just atomize it. You use that's it an in awesome all analogy. different ways. So that's all you're doing is you are merchandising one piece of content for all of these different channels. And to your brilliant point, 
you remain consistent in the process. I love that. Now, uh, I want to go learn this thing. You have just developed a course around this thing too. Yeah, I actually launched a course pre-COVID in, in March. Um, I do, it's, it's at businessofstory.thinkific. The fine people mm -hmm. at Thinkific up in Vancouver, BC. Yeah. I love their platform. And it is, it takes you by the hand. I know you're in the course right now. And mm -hmm. I designed it so you could take two tracks on it. So mm -hmm. if you're already good at this stuff, you don't need the videos and that stuff. You can literally read the quick instruction, fill out the interactive PDF. And within, I know a guy that did it in 24 hours and was able to build his brand story out in 24 hours. If you are new to this sort of thing, you can still do it that way. But I have little instructional videos that go mm -hmm. along with it. And now the book Brand Bewitchery is simply the companion piece to it. You could use Brand Bewitchery, the book, and do this for yourself. Um, it's nice to put them both together because there's more case studies and whatnot in the Brand Be Bewitchery book than in the online class. But it's a, really a tutorial. It's well, a DIY program is what it the is. Class, the class is great because it gives me stuff to steal. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm here for. No exactly. one's paying for it I mean, anyways. You may as well steal it. Exactly. It's 99% what you give and then 1% what you monetize, right? <laughs> Absolutely. So um, now with Brand Bewitchery, there's one final question because I, 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 you know, I, we got we got to jump off. We booked a certain amount of honor that. Yep. Um, but uh, ABT. I remember, I think it was the very first podcast or one of the very first podcasts that I heard you on and you talked about ABT and but therefore, and it's one of the things I've pillaged uh, and used all along. Uh, the, 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 the simplest story structure in the whole world, the original story structure in the world. Um, it, it just go into, go into how you found out about that because it's a very well, cool story. The and button, therefore, I learned it after working on my story cycle system. So I took the complex world and tried to make it a little bit less complex, but the story cycle is, is most complex in my world now. I met Dr. Randy Olson, evolutionary PhD uh, biologist from Harvard, goes on, graduates from USC film school, produces three documentaries on climate change and global warming, and has, more importantly, has written four books to teach the science community how to use storytelling to not be such scientists, to be able to communicate with the rest of us. Yeah. In his second book, Connection, I, he sent me uh, the, the pre-copy of it just out of the blue because I had a podcast and I read this and button therefore narrative framework and it hit me like Campbell's hero's journey hit me. Yeah. It hit me the exact same way, Mark. And I'm like, oh my God, this is the DNA of story. And then mm -hmm. I mentioned that to Dr. Olson. He goes, God damn it, I should have come up with that. Now I got to you know, attribute that to you and all my books, which he's been very kind to do. But the thing about the and button, therefore, is it breaks story using three acts of story and is the statement of agreement or act mm -hmm. one setting mm -hmm. the context. The but is act two. Shit, here's the things have all fallen the conflict, apart. There's the tension, a turn. Yeah. Here's what you're solving for as a brand. And then the therefore is the resolution, act three. And here's how we do it. Let me give you my most basic fundamental ABT that I've, I've yeah. created over this. Most brands communicate and care, but bore. Therefore, tell a story. I love that. Set up problem resolutions. The most yeah. brands I communicate, that's my context. Now I'm going to raise the stakes and they actually care, but here's the problem. They freaking bore. Therefore, connect with a story. Yeah.
I love it. You know, I, I use it again and again. And it's, it's funny because I was reading Brandby Witchery and I go, ah, he's pulling an ABT in there. <laughs> I, I, I spotted this. You know, I was, I was looking through the book and I'm going, wait a minute. It's all through I think it, it was talking thing. about your family, you know, with, uh, with uh, going into music and stuff and your dad and stuff. I, I remember I, there was a part in there where I'm like, He's pulling, it's a little sneak that attack. son of a bitch. Is, but well, son you know, of a bitch, he pulled a little ABT sneak attack when on When I me. teach people this, they will go, well, it's just so obvious. Won't people figure out what I'm doing to them? And I go, no, they have no idea what you're doing no. to them. But it is how our brain, our limbic system, it, our fight or flight system is like, what's the problem? What do I need to do? It's how you hack through the noise and hook the hearts of your audiences by using these little uh, storytelling frameworks. And the last thing I'll say on this, because I know we got to go, is Mark, for uh, 25 years, 20 years of my career, mm -hmm. I was an intuitive storyteller, meaning I was successful some of the time with it, and other times I wasn't. I had campaigns that weren't successful. Mm -hmm. It mm -hmm. wasn't until I became intentional. Mm -hmm. where I absolutely use these frameworks now in everything I do, did I become the powerful communicator I was looking to do when I was lost in 2006. And that's all I want your listeners to do is let them know they, as homo sapiens, are intuitive storytellers. That's the I thing. want you to become intentional. And that's well, what that's, Rambi Witchery that's will the thing. do for And I think that also, I think for, for, for most folks, it, it, it's something that they welcome. But for all of us, I think it's probably a bit of an ego thing too, where you go, well, I'm doing okay. I'm telling my, I'll tell my story. Anybody can tell a story the wizard in the farmer's market. He tells stories, but you know, if you say these are the steps to knock off, you go, ah, oh, you know, but he, he, so, I mean, going through, going through your course and, and, and starting to read into brand bewitchery, I'm going crap. You know, I, I, at what point do we, when do we get to the point where we can just lay back in the easy chair and just, we you know, don't. We, we don't. don't. And it's you so got to do it every oh. single freaking day. I play the piano. You can't see it on everybody got a piano. Mark, if I stop playing the piano, I'm going to become shit at it. Yeah. I got to play it every single day, regardless that I've played it for 50 years of my life. Yeah. It's the same thing with story and especially in business because we're taught to use our logical, rational yeah. brain, look and sound smart. And that's the last thing you need to do. Use yeah. your emotional brain, use your wisdom, and you will come off brilliant. You won't look smart. You will be brilliant. That was a natural conclusion to the adventure. I see the curtain coming to a close here. I'm going to go out and have a pee and then go home. <laughs> <laughs> Thank I you so much, you Park. I'm going to make sure to link for all the listeners. I'm going to link Brand Bewitchery. I'm going to link your story, uh, your story course. And um, yeah, I'll send them to your podcast as well. And yeah, I just, I, I wish you all the best on this thing, but it, it's, it had me hooked as soon as I got in. And what I loved about it is that it made something that I'm already using easy enough for me to use everywhere. So I think it's, that's, I think it's a real, real good, real, real good work. Thank well, you so much. My, my goal was to teach you this concept of you have to understand the magic if you're going to cast the spell. And that's what Brandy Witchery does. Thanks so much for having Thank me. Thank you so much. You've been listening to Didn't See It Coming, the show about brands that learn from the past, look to the future, and profit today. I'm your host, Mark Stoiber. If you'd like to talk about brands, drop me a line. I'd love to hear your ideas. <laughs>